This is the Commercial Property Cashflow Blueprint Podcast. Big cashflow property secrets from retired Byron Bay surfing fanatic and commercial property expert, James Dawson. Hi, it's James Dawson here from commercialrealestateinvesting.com.au and in today's podcast, I'm going to have a chat about vendor finance, how it actually works, what kind of deals you can do using vendor finance or seller finance, some people call it that, and also how you can approach people about doing vendor finance deals. Now, as most uh, property investors realize the traditional way to, to purchase commercial property is by borrowing say 70 or 80 or perhaps even just 60% from the bank and then you fund the other 30 or 30 odd percent plus your acquisition costs by way of generally using equity in other property or cash that you have. So the problem with this is that you have to keep coming up with large deposits thus reducing your ability to buy genuine cash flow properties because you are simply going to run out of deposits. If there's a way where you don't need to come up with a deposit all the time and you can do a great deal with a vendor to leave some money in the deal, you can buy more cash flow positive properties. Now once again, as all my dealings in commercial properties and especially with tenants and also other people selling the properties, that are gonna provide finance for you. I do believe in win-win deals, and it certainly works well in commercial properties for a number of reasons. It's possible to buy commercial property with 100% financing, including the acquisition costs, and still have them cash flow positive. So for example, if you buy a property that's returning, say, 7.5% net, and you're paying bank interest of, say, 5%, that's gonna be cash flow positive. So it follows from that, that even if you were able to get the vendor to leave some money in the deal and were paying them a slightly higher rate of say even 6%, that you could still afford it and the property would still be cash flow positive. Now how I discovered vendor finance was actually firstly on a residential property. I was buying a property in Byron Bay where I was interested in the property and I'd already just settled on another deal actually which was a semi-commercial property in town in Byron and I found a great rural property that the owner was very happy to sell to me, but I explained to her at the time that that was fine, but I only had about a third of purchase price available to me, and she thought about it for a few days and then came back to me and she said, look, I'm happy to lend you the balance of that amount for a period of five years, and it was great for her because she was then able to get an interest rate that was a little bit higher than the banks, and I was able to buy that property, renovate it, and then pay her out within about four years. So it was a great win-win deal, and I certainly uh, have got a great property out of that, which I still own. So the aim of the game here is to find properties that vendors will leave some money in the deal for you so that you don't have to find the deposit, and that way you'll be able to buy more cash flow positive property without having to be limited by the banks. So firstly, what is vendor or seller financing? We're going to have a look at that, and then also going to have a look at some potential exit strategies using vendor finance and the steps of vendor financing a deal. So the common definition of vendor financing is where the vendor or seller creates financing by on-selling their property to a buyer 
and there's a certain contract, it could be a lease option or an installment contract or a delayed settlement to provide or first or second mortgage document that provides the security to provide all or part of the funds that the purchaser needs. It is rare that it's 100% of the funds, although even some of the bigger developers like Meriton Properties are financing up to 90 or 95% vendor finance for three to four years on some of their properties. You will find that some people call vendor finance by different names. They could call it vendor terms, seller finance, or an installment sale, depending on which state you're in in Australia and also what your solicitor is used to. But essentially it's all the same and obviously you're going to get a solicitor to draw up all the particular contracts and mortgages for this type of deal. So you would certainly get legal and accountancy advice before you do any sort of vendor financing deal. So naturally, when someone's selling a commercial property, even if they've owned it for a very long time, they may have a small mortgage on that property which they would need to pay out. So that's where the deal is worked out by a solicitor, of course, and you would need to know the amounts of money involved that are owed on the property, and I'll touch on that in a minute as well, that you know you would find, let's say you're buying a property of a million dollars and the vendor or seller of that property owed, say, $500,000, he's definitely going to want that paid out. In fact, it can't be transferred to you until that mortgage is paid out. So your bank financing in that in that situation may be $700,000, whereby the bank would get $500,000, the vendor would get $200,000 in cash, and then he would leave another $300,000 in the deal for you. It's interesting to note that seller or vendor finance is not a new invention. And in fact, in, uh, in early days in Australian property, most house and land packages were sold using vendor finance. And often if you look at old advertisements for properties, you will see that it was always a, an advertisement that said certain amount of money down, then so much per week. So they were generally on an instalment contract or something similar. These came about because banks weren't lending as much money, so there was obviously needed to be a way to sell properties on to other owners. You can create great win-win deals with some commercial property vendors by using vendor finance. Now the typical vendor that is interested in providing vendor finance would be someone that's perhaps owned the property for a long, long time and perhaps even operated their business in that property and they're looking to sell that property perhaps because of retirement. And also, they're then concerned that what are they gonna do with the money when they get it from that property? If they put it in the bank, they're probably gonna get two or 3% at best. Some of them don't want to actually invest in other property because they're just interested in having the cash. And this is a situation that you would obviously talk to the vendor. So say, for example, you found a property that a fellow was operating a fruit shop in, for example, and he was selling that property for a million dollars, you may go to him and say, look, I would love to buy this property, but I would need to have $300,000 vendor finance, and I can offer you 6% on that $300,000. Let's talk about why a vendor would even consider offering vendor finance. Now, obviously, it's not going to be every deal that someone is going to be interested in providing some finance to the buyer of their property. So when you're looking for vendor finance properties, 
they will hardly ever be advertised as that. So it's something if you need to do a vendor finance deal that you need to be asking that fairly early in the piece to see if they would be interested in carrying back any money at all to help you get into the property. And there's nothing wrong with asking the question. You may have to ask the question 10 times before you get a positive answer and look at 10 different properties, but it can be a great way for you to get more positive cash flow. But why would a vendor consider doing this? Quite often, the classic vendor finance deal involves someone who's owned the property for a long, long time and is perhaps retiring and wanting to get out of that property and just have the cash. And then they get concerned that what are they going to do with that money? They're going to put that in the bank and only get 2%. So if someone puts a deal to them where they can perhaps get 6% for part of the money, they might get a certain amount in cash for the property when they settle the deal, for example, using a $1 million property example, let's say you have agreement with the vendor to provide 30% vendor finance, that would be $300,000 that he's going to lend you at the day of settlement, and you might pay him 6% interest for that money, and then the balance of the cash would come from the bank. So in that situation, he'd be receiving about $700,000 in cash, then carrying back as a second mortgage, $300,000 at an interest rate of 6%. And obviously you would need to negotiate the terms and the length of the loan, but let's say that was over five years, then he knows that he's gonna be getting that income, 6% of $300,000 every year for the next five years. Now there's no set rules in setting up a vendor finance deal. You can really structure the payment scheme in any way that you both agree to and obviously you would need solicitors involved and generally what happens is if you are driving the bus a little bit on the deal as I suggest is a good way to go that your solicitor would provide a vendor finance contract or some sort of contract that he sees as beneficial to you and the other party obviously it's got to be acceptable to the other party and then the vendor solicitor would review that and sometimes it takes a little bit of negotiating around points like security for the loan the time of the loan and of course the interest rate structure and how it's paid it's all clearly set out in the document now just a point here some people solely look for vendor finance deals only to find that some of the deals where the seller is offering vendor finance aren't fantastic deals. So you always want to apply the basic due diligence of property before you engage in any sort of vendor finance. You don't want to do the deal just because there's vendor finance. You could pay too much for the property and it could be something that's going to be a problem down the track. So it's got to be a reasonable deal. Perhaps sometimes you can pay a little bit more than you would normally pay if you're financing the whole property simply because you're able to have the vendor finance option in place. But you still want that property to be cash flow positive and if there's upsides, of course, you still want to make sure that they are upsides that can be engaged before you do the deal. So don't just do the deal because there's vendor or easy financing being made available. Obviously, also, when you do your sums on these deals, there'll probably be two levels of interest rates. You may have 70% of the financing of the property at 5% and then the balance of 30 or 35%, whatever you negotiate, may be at 6 or 7%. So you need to balance out those and get your accountant to check that if you're not comfortable doing the numbers 
to make sure that that deal is going to pay for itself. Often in any sort of negotiation, sellers want a price and you want your terms. What I mean by that is that often it's not all about the price. Sometimes the terms can be changed to suit you and therefore you're happy to pay a slightly higher price. Now this is very much the case in vendor financing where some property owners selling are really stuck on a number figure that they want for their property and that actually makes them keener to lend money on a vendor finance basis because they feel, okay, I got my selling price, so I'm happy with that, even if I don't get it all in one lump sum and, and the rest of it's gonna come in five years time, I'm happy to do that deal because you know they're stubbornly sticking to their price. But once again, you don't wanna to pay too much, but you might be happy to pay two or three or 5% more than you initially gauged for that property, simply because it is a slightly easier deal to get into. But there has to be a level to that. You still want that property to be cash flow positive. What I do usually when I'm searching for properties, and particularly if I think that there may be some chance of vendor financing on a deal, is simply ask the agent first. Sometimes you'll get a bit of reluctance when you talk to an agent. You'll say, look, would the owner be interested in part vendor financing? And some of them will say, no, I have no idea or I'm not going to ask him that. But be persistent and you may get a deal. So it's always worthwhile being persistent and following up after chatting to the agent by email, for example. Thought I'd run through the steps of actually asking for vendor finance and how a normal deal would proceed. Now, all deals are different. But initially, I would generally ask the agent saying, look, is there any opportunity here for the vendor to leave some money in the deal. I'm happy to pay an over bank interest rate for the money. And usually I find that if they're not particularly open to it, you really need to put something in writing. If you're just having a chat to them and they and they seem a little bit negative about it, the next best thing is to send them an email and say, look, I'm interested in buying this property, but I would like the vendor to leave 30% in and make an approximate figure, although you don't want to pin yourself down to a purchase price just yet but you might say look I would like them to leave 30% in I'm happy to pay 6% and on that money interest only every month I'll pay the interest it's secured by a second mortgage on the property and I would like that money for five years that's the first step the second step is let's say they come back in the affirmative and say yes they're interested in that you then really need to ask some hard questions and that can be perhaps by organizing a meeting with the vendor or via the agent whichever works best or just by email and the second email may be look i'm very keen to uh, look further into this property but could you please tell me how much your debt is on the property so i can work out some financing numbers now, if you don't know what the debt is on the property, it may be difficult to work the numbers out. Some people feel a bit funny about asking about the level of debt on the property, but what I find is with commercial property owners, and particularly people that have had the properties for a long, long time, they're generally business people, so they're going to expect these questions. So if you ask the questions in the right way and say, look, something along the lines of, look, I hope you don't mind me asking these questions, 
but it's essential to work out the type of deal that we're going to do so I can make a good offer for you that hopefully is going to be a win-win for both of us is you know how much do you owe on the property and also perhaps at the same time by way of making a sort of soft offer on the deal you could say look what are you hoping to get for this property what are you hoping price-wise to achieve and that may help you then of course work out some numbers and see if it's going to work for you rather than spending too much time because you don't want to get sort of weeks into the deal and find that the numbers just simply aren't going to work. If the vendor comes back from that, for example, and everything's looking pretty positive, the next step is to get your solicitor or lawyer to draw up a vendor finance clause or contract. Now there's many different ways of doing that and I do cover that in my property course. But certainly the best, one of the best ways is just to ask your solicitor, what are the options for me to do this so that the vendor is going to be happy and I'm going to be happy and it's going to be a win-win situation. Now generally you're offering a second mortgage to the uh, vendor for the amount of money that they're living in the deal. So one other essential point at this particular time in the deal is to ask your financiers if they're okay with the balance of the funds coming from vendor finance. Generally, of course, they are because they've got first mortgage over the property, which is gonna take precedence over anyone else. Just check that at this point because it may cause you to change uh, financiers, for example, if that's the only way you're going to do this deal. And once the solicitors have worked out all the nuts and bolts of the deal, you then can proceed on, obviously, with the rest of the due diligence of that property uh, as per normal. Once again, the deal has to stack up. And these deals can work particularly well with properties that have got some supercharging benefits that have perhaps been hidden in that property for a long time. And the reason is that if you're able to increase the value of that property relatively quickly, say in the first two years, that's going to give you a great exit strategy with regard to paying out the vendor finance perhaps a little bit early. Now that brings me on to exit strategies for vendor finance. You must have an exit strategy when you go into the deal for vendor finance. Generally speaking, you're only going to get the vendor finance for say three, five, perhaps even up to 10 years but three or five years can go quite quickly. So you need to be pretty switched on about how you're going to pay that loan out to the vendor at the end of that term. Now, of course, with commercial properties, because everything's driven by numbers and by the rental income, you can often use a program to work out roughly what that property will be worth, say in three, five or 10 years time. And then by working backwards, with the LVR, say at about 80%, if the property's under a million dollars, you can work out how much equity you can get out of that property at that period of time and see if that works in paying out the vendor. Another method that's been used successfully in vendor finance deals is approaching the vendor, say mid-term, and obviously if everything's been going along well and you've been making the payments, of course, which you have to make every month, and they've been all regular, that you approach the vendor and say, look, would you consider extending your term? If the person's getting a great uh, rate of interest that's perhaps double the bank interest rate, there may be no reason why he would not consider extending the term. And then you could get your solicitor at that midterm of the vendor finance deal to update the documents so that you can extend it a little bit further out. But you really have to have this in your system, in your diary, uh, long-term diary. Obviously, it's something that's gonna be two or three years in advance 
of today's date so you need to be switched on and don't just leave it to the last minute when they're sending you a letter saying how you're going to pay out this loan also another point here like any mortgage if you read any mortgage for any property in australia you actually meant to notify the mortgage or the bank or the person lending you the money even if it's the vendor if you're going to do work and other renovations for example to that property so make sure that you do do that and I certainly had that situation where I was made aware of that and before I started renovating the property that I bought in Byron Bay with some vendor finance I did write to the vendor and say look I'm hoping to uh, put a new kitchen in a couple of new bathrooms and do general renovations to the property and I got my solicitor to check that so uh, I was notifying them formally that I was going to do to some work to it and therefore complying with the terms of my mortgage. Obviously it still is a win-win for the vendor because you're increasing the value of the property and making it better, therefore increasing their security value as well. Next I'm going to run through a specific sample deal for vendor financing, one that has some upside show you how you can proceed on to the point where you need to pay the vendor out. It's important with any vendor finance deal to thoroughly work out your exit strategy and preferably a number of exit strategies before you get into the deal because at some stage you're going to have to pay the vendor finance amount out. As I mentioned they may be able to extend that but you can't bank on that and you certainly would need to know roughly what the value of the property is going to be or what upsides you're going to engage to increase the value of the property so that you know you've got an exit strategy at the end of the say five year term. So what are the possible strategies here? The first most simplest one is to buy the property, refurbish it and then sell for a profit at some future point in the time. There's nothing wrong with taking a profit. I prefer of course to hold properties for a period of time but I have been a trader in the past and it certainly can work. There's nothing wrong with making a profit on any business deal. So you refurbish the property using the vendor finance to help you get into the property. You have a set plan to know what you're doing to increase the value of that. You could even discuss that with a valuer and get building quotes and all those necessary numbers to plug into a formula so that you know that you're going to make some money at the end and have a fixed plan time-wise for that, which may be to have the property on the market at year three, so that you've got plenty of time to sell that property by year five. Of course, if you bought a property that can be subdivided into strata, that can be even better because you can then retain part of the property and sell a bit of the property to pay the vendor finance back. That's a fantastic strategy. Let's now look at a real life deal. And this was something I was putting together for a small shopping center that was south of Brisbane some years ago and I was working on a whole series of numbers. My aim was to buy the property, strata the property up at some stage, it was eight shops and sell bits of it off enabling me to pay back the vendor finance. So I did put a bit of time and effort into this and also a bit of research into the vendor situation. So essentially what it was was a small eight shop shopping centre and I made the following offer to purchase, it was $1.7 million subject to a 30 day due diligence clause and also subject to vendor finance and the vendor finance amount was $500,000 and I was happy to pay 7.5% interest only, I'll move into the figures of the actual shopping centre, payable monthly for 5 years. 
At the end of the five years, I plan to pay out the $500,000 and the vendor finance was going to be secured by a second mortgage over the property as well as I was offering personal guarantees, which my solicitor had drawn up into a nice uh, contract addition that we put to the vendor. Now, one of the benefits of this deal was that that particular property was returning about 8.5% at the time I was offering that money. So the vendor was perfectly aware that 7.5% payable to him was very achievable because the property was cash flow positive. Of course, the benefit to me was that I didn't have to use equity from other properties or cash to fund the deal. Now, one of the tips was here in finding out a little bit about the property because the vendor wasn't too forthcoming with information and you may find this so you may have to search out other methods of finding out how much they paid for the property. So before I made the offer I found out via RP data that he paid about 1.2 million dollars for that property 10 years previously and the reason I wanted to know that was that I figured that his loan on the property would probably have be less than about a million dollars because obviously if he bought it at 1.2 he was probably only financing perhaps about 70% of that. So if he accepted my offer of $1.2 million in cash, this was gonna be enough to pay out his loan and have some cash. And then also he'd get the monthly interest payment from me. And the payment he'd receive monthly would be 500,000 at 7.5%. This is interest only, so it's $3,125 per month. Now it's great to have some of this background knowledge, if particularly even better if the vendor can tell you all that information himself. You may get some other between the lines information as well. But let's uh, run through the steps of the deal. So firstly, get some knowledge of the numbers. So the purchase price that the vendor paid obviously is a very big starting point. Check it with your bank that they're going to accept a second mortgage being placed on the property by the vendor to secure his loan. Now with commercial loans, they don't come under the same restrictions as residential loans, so often the banks are very, very flexible. And in this situation, my bank was okay with that. We said, no, as long as we're only financing 70%, something like that, we're okay with wherever you get the rest of the money from. And that, of course, could be from a, a money partner as well. If you couldn't get vendor finance, it might be some business partner or friend or family member that wants a part of that property and they could lend you the money as well. But that's gonna be the subject of another podcast. Then the third thing is is to, while you're doing the numbers, of course, to make sure that you can support all uh, the loans from that property and also, of course, engage your upsides, which in this case was the strata title development, you need to structure up your offer. So that's where you get help from your solicitor because you really want to put something that's nice and plain English to the vendor so he can take it to his solicitor and and look at that and make sure it's all very clear. So I put the offer then in writing, including a vendor finance clause that they could easily insert into the contract. They're always going to adjust it, by the way. There was going to be some to and from him. So if the deal comes off, of course, what happens in five years' time? Now, as I mentioned, of course, the vendor's got to be paid out as per the agreement. And even though it's five years away, you need to have a pretty good idea how you intend to repay the money. So my plan with that property was to revalue and refinance the property with the bank. Now, it's easy to work out with commercial property because everything's driven by the rental income fairly accurately what the rental income is going to be in five years and therefore what the value of the property is going to be in about five years. Now you have to make some assumptions and a valuer could help you with that. 
So I don't know what the cap rate of course is going to be at the time in five years. Now, if I'm buying the property, for example, showing me 8.5% return the day I buy it, the cap rate perhaps could go up a little bit, which may make the property worth a little bit less, even though you've got rental income that's increasing, it therefore may still be increasing, but not as much as you thought. The best scenario is if the cap rate drops and makes your property more valuable. Now I had a valuation done of this property and that enabled me, of course, along with my own figures to make some estimations. Now the second string to the bow with this approach is, is of course, as I mentioned before, perhaps midway through the term, approach the vendor and see if they would like to extend the vendor finance. Some of them get used to having that monthly income coming in each month and they may happily renegotiate that for another five years or even longer. But definitely start that process sooner rather than later because you wouldn't want to do it say six months out before the payment's due because they may think something's going wrong whereas if it's a couple of years into it they may actually think wow this, uh, this is pretty good, we'd like to extend it. Also as an exit strategy here, depending on the numbers, you may find you might have to put some cash or equity in just to top up the loan so that you can happily pay that vendor out his full amount if he requires it. Now assuming the uh, property is cash flow positive, which of course it should be because uh, you wouldn't buy it if it wasn't, you may find that you could also pay off part of the principal each year Let's say the property was $20,000 a year cash flow positive. You may decide that in five years you could easily pay off $100,000 of that vendor finance or certainly put it in an offset account and use that to reduce the vendor finance amount at the end. But using this same exercise, what would that property be worth in five years time using some assumptions? So I'm going to run through some numbers here. So with that particular property, remember we're negotiating around 1.7 million, that was going to be the offer. The valuation I received actually said one point, the property was worth 1.9 million. So I perhaps could have increased my offer to that happily. Current rent was $181,000, so quite good uh, net rent return. And the cap rate for the area was averaging about 8.5%, even though the property at, at uh, 1.9 was showing slightly better than that. Now the estimated rent, given that CPI increases and perhaps a market review came into play during the five years, it would have gone up from 181,000 to 206. So if you applied a cap rate in five years time, you would divide 206,000 by 0.085, and that would come up to a value of $2.4 million. So up from 1.9 to 2.4. Now, assuming that the bank will lend you 70% of this amount, the bank would lend you 1.68 million. So I already have an interest only loan with a bank of 1.2 and they will lend me 1.68. So I'm able to borrow an extra $480,000 from them to pay out the vendor finance. So I'd have to find the $20,000, which shouldn't be too hard to make up the $500,000 that is owed. Now my plan with that property was to strata title that property or put a body corporate in place and do a paper subdivision and divide that into eight shops. So quite easily during that period of time, I would have been able to sell one or two of those shops and therefore bank some profit, which then could be applied to the vendor finance. Now those numbers, of course, are relatively high numbers, but there's no reason why you can't do a vendor finance deal for any property, any price range, because 
the numbers are all the same, the principles are all the same, it's just working backwards and making sure that your cash flow is correct. So in summary, vendor finance can be a great way to buy property without using equity or cash that you otherwise may have to put into deals. And I would say that probably roughly maybe five to 10% of properties that for sale could be targets for vendor finance. And if it's particularly important to you or the only way you can buy a property, you need to ask, you need to ask that question of the agent virtually straight away when you're looking at a property, obviously otherwise you're wasting time. Often also developers selling new properties where they've got multiple properties, they can be great targets for vendor finance because sometimes they will happily leave some money in the deals so they can get some sold signs on those properties which will then help them move the other properties along a little bit quicker. Very, very important points with vendor finance to touch on again is that the deal must be correct and must follow all the fundamentals of any commercial property deal. So don't just buy the property because there is easy finance in place. Works particularly well for properties that have got great upsides that perhaps are hidden in the properties. These could be selling a bit of land off, strata titling the property, any number of things where you can increase the value quickly. Those style of properties can be fantastic for vendor finance because you're able to increase the property at a much greater rate than average, therefore giving you the money to pay the vendor finance amount out. Always work out your cash flow because like any property that's financed 100%, you wanna be sure that the lease is good and there's enough cash there to pay all the interest, including the vendor finance interest, and also make sure you have several exit strategies in your mind that you've really thought out carefully before you go into the deal so that you don't get caught at the end struggling to get finance to pay the vendor amount out. So vendor finance really is a more advanced strategy and often investors embark on the vendor finance trail of searching for a vendor finance property or a property that would allow vendor finance after they've bought several other properties and perhaps have their equity tied up in those properties at the moment. So I hope you found this podcast interesting. Check out my website, jamesdawsonproperty.com.au and we'll chat soon.